Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the mustachioed fantasy master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing, Gray? <laughs> What's going on, man? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, actually had a uh, I had an interesting uh, a week last week on the uh, the the picket line, the the WGA picket line. Well, I'm I'm Writers Guild, and uh, so we've been on strike. Uh, for a few months, and then SAG recently came on strike, um, which is actors uh, for people who don't know, um, and uh, and that went from like like the like it's so funny because now like on the picket line it's like you can easily see the difference between a writer and an actor. <laughs> like, you don't even have to, like, you don't have to, look, you don't have to ask them a, a single question. Like, you could just be like, yeah, that's an actor. <laughs> that's a, that that person. Who is drop dead gorgeous? Yeah, that's not a writer. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not a writer. Absolutely. And then it's like, and then there's like people huddled in the corner trying to get shade from the sun. It's like, yeah, those are writers. <laughs> absolutely, they are absolutely writers. So anyway, um, so I was on the picket line last week, and uh, I ran into someone. So this is funny. So for people who don't know. I have an old keeper league. Uh, like I've I've been in it for like twenty years. Like it's like my oldest league uh, that's currently going. I was in leagues. I was in fantasy leagues before the keeper league. But this is my oldest league um, that I've that's been going. Um, actually, Laura, who's a writer for the site, she uh, her articles drop on Friday. She's in the league too. Her and her husband. Anyway, so long story short, so. I'm in this long-time keeper league, and it's a bunch of uh, comedy writers. And when I entered the league 20 years ago, I was told that I was replacing uh, – because before me was uh, Odenkirk and David Cross um, from Mr. Show. Uh, I, I think people are familiar with who they are. So anyway, so I'm on the picket line, um, and I, I've never actually had any communication with these guys. Uh, I just was told that they were in the uh, <laughs> the league before me. So anyway, so I run into Bob Odenkirk on the uh, the picket line uh, last week, and I'm like, "Hey, Bob, this is gonna be this is gonna sound weird." So I start saying the names that are in the league, and I'm like, "You know," and uh, and like the team. The fantasy team you gave me like was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I'm like Bob. I'm a fan, like fan of your work, right? Like I, I really liked Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. Like you're great, but man, the team you put together was just awful. Like really bad. Like I don't know what you were thinking. And then he's so he's like, man, I. I wish this was me, but I've never played fantasy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that was, I was told you were in the league with David Cross. And he's like, oh, no, David was a fantasy guy. So he was probably in the league. But you're thinking of Steve Odenkirk. He was probably in the league, not me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that whole thing about like trading away Hanley, forget I said it. <laughs> 
I'm like, anyway, <sighs> keep the stuff I said about how good you are and better call Saul and forget everything I said about <laughs> 20 <laughs> baseball players from 22 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible team you left me with that, that you ran really did not actually have anything to do not with. Really you. Yeah, it was David Cross, <laughs> I guess, is in the league. I, anyway, that's a, it's a short story. Okay. <laughs> I have never been in a fantasy league with anybody that's uh, famous outside of the fantasy sporting world. So uh, you've, you've got me, Gray. You've got me beat on even uh, even a little bit of, of, of I also, celebrity there. I don't there. know if I should... Uh, I don't know if it's okay to say, but the uh, because he's been since canceled. But the the league used to be like the uh, Laura's husband was uh, roommates with uh, Louis C.K. I think that's where the that's where the league used to draft was like in Louis C.K.'s apartment. I, don't know. <laughs> I wasn't in the league at that point. So anyway, that's that's what I've been told. Obviously, I was wrong about the Odenkirk thing. So who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. What happened before I was in the league? I I don't know that. No, um, it was a CK CK Smith, the complete unknown person, uh, <laughs> just just a random dude. Yeah, just. it's like no, 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 no. What was what was? It was actually he used to wear a lot of CK the cologne, Calvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> we just all called him CK. You know, I don't know where you got the Louis from. Maybe I, you know he, he was a lefty. Maybe we call him Louis CK because he was you know lefty that wore. Uh, the same cologne, way too much of it all the time. I mean, Actually, that... <laughs> it's funny that uh, one of the one of the guys um, he he wrote for Rasball for uh, for a brief moment, and he was like, the commenters were too brutal to him. <laughs> <laughs> actually like he's like he's now writing for the new yorker and he's like a famous like he's done a lot of stuff i wouldn't say he's famous but he's he's done a lot of things and and but he couldn't handle the rasball comment <laughs> see this this is why i've lasted as long as i have i don't write enough things to get bad commenters and you know i just get i get people just yelling at their their podcasting device instead he's like yeah i mean he <laughs> He did stand up for like twenty five years. He's like the most brutal audience is the Rasball commenters. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Uh, he wasn't even here around. Like that was. I mean, if that was that long ago, he wasn't even around when like there was all the all the extra social media outlets that you can get completely destroyed on, and not even not even have any idea about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on to some some random other rumors, Gray. Since that's pretty much what it sounds like this league was based on. Right. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about some trade rumors that that could happen. I, I think one some of the bigger ones are always around some pitchers. Feels like they're easier to kind of just maneuver around and stick in a rotation and say go do your thing, especially now in the era of like you know the the communication devices and everything. Um, I mean, at the top of the list, I think, is Dylan Cease, who is supposedly ungettable, but it's the White Sox. So ungettable means that they're probably going to IL him for a phantom injury at some point soon. I, I don't know. It's the White Sox. Uh, what are you thinking about some of the, the trade rumors? Let's just discuss some things and, and where we think some people can land. Uh, yeah, well, Dylan Cease, I think, is probably... I think he's being covered. Well, he's probably coveted by a lot of teams. Everyone needs pitching, right? I've heard. Uh, 
I heard the Astros are in on Cease. I don't know how uh, accurate. I, I should say up front, I don't know how accurate any of these rumors are. <laughs> <laughs> As my Bob Odenkirk story shows, I'm not sure. <laughs> I just go off of what I've been told. I don't know if it's accurate. Um, so anyway, with that said, yeah, Dylan Cease, I think potentially could be traded. I mean, it, like, I know Giolito is definitely, like, if you're going on the White Sox specifically, Giolito's, I think, definitely getting traded. I mean, the White Sox would be so stupid if they don't trade Giolito. I I would be shocked if he doesn't get moved. Um, they're also, I mean, I would guess they're probably, I mean, they would be stupid to not, uh, like, we're not going to go through every single team, but the White Sox... <laughs> Our one team where, like, Tim Anderson, Jake Berger, who's been good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Berger's actually been good. But if I could get anything for him, I would if I was the White Sox. Uh, Cease and Giolito. And then, you know, anyone maybe in the bullpen. I would say Tim Anderson, I almost feel like he could get traded to – like, I've heard the Dodgers potentially interested in Tim Anderson. So I would say if the like if the Dodgers were giving me anything, if I'm the White Sox, I would take it for Tim Anderson. I mean, he looks cooked, right? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't he doesn't look great. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, um his last his last bat flip. Like if you're Tim Anderson, do you even like if you finally hit a home run? Do you even bat flip at this point? <laughs> or is this is like so embarrassing? You just, put the, you just put the bat down, lower your head, and round the bases. Kind of right? a walk yeah. of shame for a home run. Yeah. That yeah, equivalent. It's like it's almost like at this point, if he were to bat flip, it'd be like sarcastic. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I think Tim Anderson. I would say like the Dodgers have. You know, the Dodgers always have arms to give. Maybe if I were the Dodgers, I would probably send Miguel Fargus. Like, you know, if someone's like willing to take him because he, you know, he wasn't great this year, but he still has somewhat of a pedigree. So, and if I were the White Sox, I would try like Vargas for Anderson. I mean, that's an easy trade if I'm the White Sox. I would definitely take him, uh, Vargas, that is. So I don't know, but I would say Giolito. And Anderson, for sure, are getting moved. Um, staying with Chicago, I got to think Marcus Stroman moves. Like, there's no reason why the Cubs are going to hold on to Stroman. Stroman and uh, Bellinger, I think they're both probably on the move. I would say Stroman, absolutely. Bellinger, maybe less likely, but still possible, I think. Stroman, I would say... Unless the Cubs are able, like, unless they've talked to these guys and they're like, well, we can do a long-term deal with them. But Stroman, I've heard, linked to the Rays, which, you know, honestly, any pitcher going to the Rays, I'm interested. Uh, but if Stroman goes anywhere else that's, like, potentially uh, a, I don't know. I mean, I don't like Stroman, really. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, like, it's just not, he's not, He's not really as good as you you might think. Like he's fine if he keeps the ball down and the ratios are good, but if he goes to like a, a hitter's park, uh, I don't know. It depends on where he goes. Honestly, like if Stroman goes to the Rays, that's kind of good. If Stroman goes to the Dodgers, I think that could potentially be bad. Like L.A., you know, Dodger Stadium is really not the best of uh, pitchers' parks, even though some people might think that. Um, Bellinger. 
I say bring Bellinger home. Bring him back to the Dodgers. Let's go. You <laughs> come to fix them. Send them back, man. Right? Um, I don't know, so uh, on those guys that I've uh, in the Chicago teams, anything uh, jumping out at you there? Uh, I guess in on the White Sox side, I've actually seen there's like a, this crazy offer or you know invisible made up trade where Louis Robert and Cease or Giolito would be going to the Astros. That seems, I mean, that seems like a stretch. I, Robert's finally coming around, but maybe the White Sox could you know use this and just say we'll trade him at max value because I mean I don't know that. I mean, he's having a great season. I don't know if he's going to continue to get better off of this or stay healthy even longer than he has this season. Uh, every single pitcher other than Justin Steele on the Cubs can go. Stroman, Smiley, Tyon, Hendricks. Uh, that goes to the relievers. Uh, Alzelay, Leiter, um, if anybody wants anybody else in that bullpen. I, w- I would think the same pretty much for the White Sox. I mean, they have... Kendall Graveman, who's been in the role, that's not really a long-term thing for them. I'm sure they would love to move him and Reynaldo Lopez. Um, I mean, if we're looking at Cody Bellinger, he's there for one year. The Cubs kind of talk to him about maybe signing an extension. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So, yeah, I'd go ahead and move him. Um, and on, this, on the other pitchers, I think the Mets obviously spent a ton of money on a bunch of old people. So I would imagine they'd be... They would love to get rid of some of the contracts that they they handed out earlier this year. Yeah, no, completely. I think probably, I mean, if I were the Mets, I would definitely move Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, if if they're able, like, if they do that, I, I would say, I mean, it puts the Mets in a weird position because I think, like, the Mets, even though they're obviously, they're not contending this year, I think, uh, you know, they were kind of under the assumption that they were they were not necessarily like moving on from that, from their their old pitchers this quickly. I don't know. It's it's a weird place for them. I, I think they they're best off like moving Verlander and Scherzer. Like, absolutely. Like they should move them if they like the Mets are not really in a place for rebuilding though is the thing it's like do the, the if the Mets can get someone like you know a guy who is you know potentially able to like play immediately like that's that I think would be interesting to them I think that's more interesting to them than you know going and taking a bunch of prospects for these guys because the Mets are not really like in rebuild mode you know like they're not like looking to get it like a, a 19 year old who might be good in three years. Like, I think the Mets want like, you know, if the Mets were able to get someone like, um, you know, that's able, like that's already in the major leagues. That's interesting. Like, I don't know, say like, I don't know, say Chaz McCormick or, uh, or Brian De La Cruz or, you know, someone who's like, who's already playing, I think that might be interesting to the Mets. I don't really see them just like, you know, taking the the random flyer on a bunch of prospects. Maybe I'm wrong though, but it's just like the way that the way that 
front office has built this Mets team. It's just like, what do you do with like, I don't know, with a bunch of prospects? Unless you're thinking like, I will take prospects and then this offseason we'll move those prospects for other guys. I mean, maybe. I don't know. The Mets are just like, that's the problem with like buying for right now, which you see like for the last 10 years, I think, with the Yankees. You see like when you're buying guys for right this season – then you really don't have like the influx of guys like, you know, where like the Reds, for instance, where, you know, everyone's now come of age and the team looks good. Speaking of the Reds. So I heard Jonathan India. I actually right before we came on to the podcast, I heard Jonathan India was uh, a potential for getting moved. I, you know, I think I said this like a month or so ago and people were like saying I was an idiot. <laughs> That like, might have been me. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't know who it was, but I mean, I, I mean, it seems obvious to me that India would be, you know, a trade piece because, like, they have so they they are so stacked in the middle infield. Like, India is not necessary anymore for them, and he's still got a decent pedigree. He's young. I, I mean, I would if I were the the Reds, I would absolutely move India and I would be able to get, I think you could get someone really like solid too for India. I would, I mean, I would venture a guess that you could get someone like Giolito for India. Like I would, if I were the White Sox, you know, going back to what I said earlier, if I'm the White Sox, absolutely trade Giolito for India or cease even like i you know like i think india would be a great piece for a lot of teams or if you're or if you're like the padres and you finally like the padres actually feel like they're in a similar boat as the mets where it's like i could see them trading like josh Hader for sure but uh but uh, there's like you also but if you're the padres are you trading like really big bats like are you trading like a, a soda or because you also i feel like if you're the padres you kind of want to you kind of want to like <laughs> you still want to be a contender like you don't want to like go into a rebuild mode but if i'm the padres and i can get uh like india for like i don't know joe musgrove I, or or hater like imagine like you know that would screw up for fantasy that would screw up diaz a little bit i think i think diaz would move to the eighth inning I don't think people would necessarily love that for fantasy if Hader went to the Reds. But if you can get Hader and shorten the games in Cincy or Joe Musgrove, if you can get Musgrove and Hader for India, <laughs> I would absolutely do that. For If I'm the Reds, I would do that to try and make a run at it for this year. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You can clearly see the, you know, what's missing for the Reds. It's pitching and in that park, you need you need some pretty good pitching or some very specific pitching, if not good. Like you definitely need ground ball guys if you're, they're not going to be good. At least keep the ball in that park. I think taking on either Musgrove or Darvish's contract could kind of you know it, it's it's probably more than the Reds want to take on. But if if the Padres pay some or you know like you said if they're getting one of those guys. Plus somebody else like a like a hater, um, I, I think that could kind of, you know, that could be enough where they'll they'll go ahead and take the money. I know Musgrove and 
and Darvis still have a number of years on their contracts, though. So that's that's one where Cincinnati's probably going to have to get some money. But the way San Diego's been spending it, you know, if you can get a guy like India locked in for the next three years on arbitration numbers, that that helps that infield out it a little so, bit as well. It would well. be so – I mean, it would honestly – sorry not to interrupt, but it would be like India – like just thinking of India in that lineup, like putting him at leadoff and stopping with that whole like Cronenworth, Kim, Grisham nonsense. Like putting India there, oh man, that would I, I would honestly I would love that move for India going to San Diego, even though the park would be much harder for him to homer in. I think that would be a really good move for everyone involved. Um and then uh, I guess moving on to uh, the Cardinals, who I mean should be selling. Even though I feel like immediately when they sell Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson, they're both going to become all stars for other teams. <laughs> I mean, we—I mean that's obvious at this point. <laughs> at this point, we know that as soon as Tyler O'Neill goes to the Yankees, he's going to become a forty-five homer hitter. <laughs> like we know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that like Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill, I think, I think they both could move. I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Montgomery moves. I mean, they, the, I think the Cardinals, like any, the Cardinals should be moving these guys, honestly, they, they really should. And then if they could go like if, if Tyler O'Neill specifically, like I feel like he could really be good elsewhere, but it depends on where he goes. Like I could also see him moving to a place where he's a fourth outfielder slash like DH, uh, like in a situation where he's like, uh, you know, like if Tyler O'Neill goes to the Rays, I think that's good for Tyler O'Neill in theory, but he's the Rays will absolutely platoon him. If Tyler O'Neill goes to like the Rangers, it's good. But again, I think I, I think there's a lot of teams that Tyler O'Neill could potentially be better at, but also get platooned at. And I wouldn't be surprised if the same is true for uh, Carlson. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're going to be everyday players where they're traded to. Like they could be. It depends on where they go. Like, if Tyler O'Neill goes to, like, the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers stop messing around with that whole David Peralta, uh, Johnny LaDuca, whatever the the Dodgers are doing uh, in their corner outfield there, or Jason Hayward. I think, like, Tyler O'Neill could really be good for the Dodgers. Like, he could play every day and be great in Dodger Stadium. But he could also go like Tyler O'Neill could also go to other places where he may not play every day. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think they move. Um, what do you, what's your thoughts on the Cardinals? Do you have any thoughts there? Uh, I think every it's another situation where almost everybody on their pitching staff can can be on the market. I mean, Mikolas, Jordan Montgomery, Stephen Matz, Jack Flaherty. I don't think any of those guys scream you know building blocks for the future. Cardinals were kind of making this push because they had the the offense kind of in place. To, and they went with the veteran arms. It hasn't really worked out for a number of reasons. I think all of them could go. I think uh, Gallegos could be on the block. Uh, Hicks could potentially be on the block. Although he's, he's 27. He has a little bit of control left. You could see them wanting to hang on to him because their offense is still good enough where if they get the right pitcher you know, younger pitcher or pitching prospect back, they can kind of do what they did this year again, where they 
jump back into the aging free agent pitcher market and just make another run at, you know, hoping the offense can carry them to a better record than it did this year. Tyler O'Neill feels like one of the most obvious ones to to go out of out of the outfield. I mean, they have so many outfielders; they don't have room for all of them. It's it's kind of like the Cincinnati infield right now, or you know, some of the other random infields that we've talked about that have gotten or also full, the uh, like, or, or like uh, Baltimore, the Orioles, like Mountcastle. He needs to he needs to get traded or. They need to trade someone. Maybe Kowser moves. Someone with the uh, Orioles in the lineup. Like, you know, it's bizarre for me to be saying the Orioles have too many hitters. <laughs> but they really <laughs> do. And they seem really they, – they seem content on playing Aaron Hicks, which is fine. I mean, he hasn't been that bad. So I, I, I'm not going to fault him, you know, too much for that. But I think Mountcastle really is lo- – he's lost his job – and he's still so young, and he's good. Like, if Mountcastle can go, you know, going back to, like, you know, uh, the, you know, potentially the Padres, like, if the Padres send, like, you know, I don't know, anyone, really, or Hader, uh, Hader and Batista, wow, that would be nasty. Hader, Batista, Cano, and um, uh, Fuji, Fujinama, wow. <laughs> That would be insane. But if, uh, like, the Oreos and the uh, Oreos and anyone can really figure out a deal, like, the Oreos, if they could take, like, AJ Puck or Tanner Scott or both of those guys and, you know, move Mountcastle to the Marlins or, uh, you know, because from what I'm hearing on the Marlins, uh, is that they want to compete. So they're not necessarily sellers, uh, they could be buyers. So, you know, maybe Mountcastle goes to the Marlins to strengthen their lineup, and um, the uh, what should we call it? And the Orioles get like uh, I don't know if they get like a bullpen arm, like another like uh, a Puck or a Scott. Um, maybe potentially uh, the Orioles send Mountcastle to uh, the Tigers, and the, and they and the Tigers send them back Lang. Maybe I don't know, or. Maybe one of the, uh, you know, maybe potentially, uh, I don't know, could see maybe moving to the Cardinals. Maybe the, uh, maybe the Cardinals and the Orioles figure out something with. But Mountcastle really should move. Like he absolutely should move. I, I would say, or someone in the Orioles lineup needs to move. Like uh, absolutely. If uh, otherwise, it's just stupid, and you're wasting players if you're the Orioles. So, yeah, I mean, going from the same. You know, the same point as you made with the Cardinals uh, outfield, you know, having too many guys or the Reds infield having too many guys. I think the Orioles are the same. I think Mountcastle or someone there has to move. Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, I hate to be the one who ties it back to the team he roots for. But like a Mountcastle for Bellinger and one of the Cubs pitchers, maybe even like a starter and a reliever just to that's give so the good. So good. Absolutely. That's so good for both teams. Like if Mountcastle could get Bellinger and Stroman, Stroman helps the Orioles so much. Like their their rotations weak. I mean, it's it's not weak in that like Brannish and Wells and like they've been good, but they need another arm and Stroman would absolutely do that for them. And like Bellinger is a great you know, a great throw-in for sure. Yeah, Bellinger, Stroman, 
for Mount Castle. We just fixed. We just did this. <laughs> Let's just get it done. That sounds so perfect, Gray. Let's just just do it. Just be done with this thing. <laughs> also, before we move on, before we move on, and we're uh, you know because right now we have uh, Ali Marmel is on the uh, he's listen uh, Marmel is listening and he's like yeah get rid of Tyler O'Neill I hate this guy <laughs> before we before uh, Marmel <laughs> explodes in ecstasy we should uh, we should just say and move on before we move on to the co-ops we should say too like the closers. We talked about closers last week for trades, um, but since then, I've heard personally that that Lang is probably moving. I mean, who knows? I, you know, these are rumors. Uh, rumors are rumors, but you know, Foley in Detroit seems like a good stash for right now. And then also uh, Tanner Tanner Scott. I like. Um, I, I think Puck Puck seems AJ Puck seems like he's going to stay. So I don't know necessarily, but I've grabbed Tanner Scott. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you know, throwing out some closer potential trades. I think we we talked about them last week, but just I don't know if we we necessarily focused on the uh, the Tigers as much. So I, I would say Lang is definitely looks like he could potentially be traded. So we'll see though. Who knows? Yeah, on the on that on the closers note. Uh, Paul Sewold in uh, Seattle has been rumored as, as somebody who could potentially be on the move as well. So that makes Andres Munoz fairly interesting. I mean, he's always been kind of a closer in waiting, and we never got the full, you know, closer payoff for that. But nice to see him kind of get get the job, and that's another guy you could you'd be looking for in those deep closer leagues. But yes, let's go ahead and move over to some of the call-ups, Gray. I think the biggest one of the week is, is Sal Frelick. He is the Milwaukee outfielder. Uh, this year in AAA, he had 40 games. He had two home runs, eight stolen bases. He had 247, 333, 342 with a sub-10% K rate, a a 10.4% walk rate. So he came back after the injury and was doing just fine. This is a guy who probably would have been on the starting roster had he been healthy for the season, Gray. Where are you at on a on the South Relic and, and picking him up in leagues? So I was actually surprised. Frelick's uh, Fab dollars. His uh, his wa- the waiver moves this week were. I was I got Frelick. I think in uh, in two leagues, but his the Fab was pretty flat for him um, with two A's. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was surprisingly kind of like. I, I felt like it was it was going to be uh, higher. I think I I overbid a little bit in one league, but you know it also at this point in the at this point in the year, a lot of people have depleted uh, Fab budget. So you know it's mm-hmm. like uh, some people just don't have a lot of uh, money to spend. I hear uh, Beat on saying, "Mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> Beat on spent all his Fab in May." <laughs> this is like, factual. <laughs> It was, it was already like two thirds gone by at least two thirds gone in every league by Bay. That that happens. I, I do it almost every year, and it 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 sometimes works out, sometimes uh, not. So this was not a good year for early Fab. Honestly, there was a lot of swings and misses. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I feel that with my uh, my Matt Mervis. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, if Bellinger moves, Mervis should come back. But I've already dropped Mervis in all the leagues where I overspent for him. Uh, anyway, so moving on for uh, the free lick. So, yeah, I think, uh, like, if he were called, I would like to think at least, if he were called up two months ago, Fab bidding would have been a lot more heated for him. But because, you know, the budgets have been depleted, then, you know, I guess uh, that's why Freelix, um, you know, Fab was kind of flat. Whereas, like, he is, I mean, he's great. I think he's like, I, at this point, I mean, there was some issue. Uh, I believe it was his, I want to say it was his hand. He had an injury earlier this year. I forget now what the injury was. But he had an injury, so he missed some time earlier this year in April. Uh, But he's back. He seems healthy now. He's like, I mean, he's a middle-of-the-order bat for the Brewers. I don't really, I don't see that changing either. Like, he, he basically got called up. And he was immediately, like, he hit cleanup on Sunday. Like, he is, I mean, it's not like the Brewers lineup is that great. But any guy who's going to get, you know, plopped right in the middle of a lineup shows you how much the Brewers believe in Freelick, and for good reason. Like, he's got a great hit tool. Uh, He's probably a 280, maybe 290 hitter, uh, you know, immediately. He's like, in the minors, he was barely a 10% strikeout rate and an over uh, 10% walk rate. So, like, I mean, he's got a great plate discipline as a super young kid. I think he's probably, you know, maybe a little light on the power, which is, you know, a little, I guess, not great uh, for fantasy, but... He could get into maybe a handful of homers the rest of the way, like say, I don't know, uh, four to six homers maybe for the rest of the way. And he's got good speed. So you're looking at a middle of the order bat with um, little light on power, good speed, could hit for a good average. He's a pickup in every league for me, like as shallow as the leagues go. Like he's, you know, in in some leagues, like a 10. A 10-team mixed league, okay, you have all kinds of options. But in a 12-team mixed league, like an RCL, he's absolutely a pickup. He's a pickup immediately. I I grabbed him, actually, in our RCL league, I grabbed him as soon as I heard he was getting called up. Uh, he's a uh, he's an easy pickup for, for, uh, for like, uh, a 12-team mixed league and deeper. Uh, I think he's probably like one of the, one of the last big call ups for the year. Like he's he's probably it. Uh, and the fact that he's up already in July, it's good. I, I think I think also the fact that he's up means that the uh, you know he's going to be in the middle of the lineup. He'll be he'll be instead of the Brewers actually going out and acquiring a bat or something. Freelick is like that's like they just made their their trade to get Freelick basically like that's a bat that they've acquired at the um at the deadline he feels like a guy uh, I I feel like he could potentially be a a top 100 guy for the rest of the year and if we're thinking about next year you know, we were talking about India earlier. He's probably not too far off from, like, the Jonathan India-type model. Like, uh, you know, a uh, little bit light on power, 
Like over the course of a full season, you're looking at probably 10 to 12 homers, uh, 20 steals, 275 to 290 average. So, yeah, good. Good a good bat. I definitely would grab him. Yeah, and he is he's as you mentioned, good plate discipline. He's always walked. Uh that's something he kind of has potentially over India and he is not the greatest at uh, at the on-base percentage. So maybe there's a little bit even on top of that for, you know, run run creation and that kind of thing as well as we move forward. Uh, moving on, Brandon Fat was recalled by the Diamondbacks. They need some help in the rotation. I mean, they're they're just running on fumes. It feels like out of the. I mean, they got Gallon, and then it's like, who else can stay in the rotation and not get shelled and bombed out and depleted? That would be great. Um, now that being said, in his uh, in his return, I believe he had uh, six. He went six innings. Three earn, but the three earn were three solo home runs, Gray. Not exactly what you want to see in a return for a guy that was having home run problems uh, to begin with. It was at Cincinnati, so a little bit of a, you know, give him a little bit of a pass. But I was a, I was a big Brandon Fat fan coming into the league. I still think he's going to be a good starter at some point. I don't know that I'm I'm willing to do it until I see him you know, pitch a couple of games where he's not getting shelled with, with home runs. Yeah, I think he's still a streamer probably in like 12-team mixed leagues. But if he goes out and uh, pitches well his next time out, then he's probably going to get he's probably going to get uh, snatched up in like 12-team mixed leagues. So if you need an arm, I could see picking him up now just to see if he looks good his next time out. But I totally agree with you. He's giving up way too many homers still. If it's if like homers are going to be an issue for him, because he hasn't shown really like airtight command yet. So if he's putting guys on and allowing homers, he's going to get shelled still. Like is it's not going to get better. I actually I wouldn't be shocked if the Diamondbacks, you know, trade for an arm and he goes back to like either the minors. Or the pen, I I don't see, I don't I don't necessarily see him as being ready yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely worth watching. Worth you know, in, in deeper leagues, you have to pick up a guy like that. Like in a fifteen team mixed league or deeper, he's absolutely a pickup. But in a twelve team mixed league, probably still a streamer who could become a pickup for sure. So it depends on how aggressive your league is. In a twelve team mixed league, you might need to stash him now just to see if he gets uh, if he's really good next time. But you know, I I have my doubts to be you know to be totally honest. I I didn't run out and grab him for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I haven't run out and grabbed him either. I, I have him, I think I have him in one deep league still, just where I've been hanging on to him. Um, but that's that's about it on, on fat. The Ks haven't translated either. I thought, like, if one thing, he'll he'll still get strikeouts even if he gives up the long ball. That hasn't really translated either. So until I see either the long ball stop or some Ks come along with it, I think it's, like you said, it's streaming, and even that's pretty risky in anything that's not a fairly deep league where you're, you're kind of chasing it. Um, I mean, he did have to face the Reds. 
and uh, you know CES and Ellie De La Cruz and everybody that's killing it there. So it's a uh, it's a tough task in his in his return. I guess real quickly we talked about CES last time, but he has been starting every day. Gray is this? Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> seem good. committed it's to good. get him in the lineup, which is great. <laughs> It's good, yeah. No, I'm I'm impressed that they've been Christian and Carcion Strand. They've been starting him, so that's good. I mean, he was he was he was benched that one game where, but then he came in and hit a home run. Uh, so, but yeah, no, they've been starting him more often than not. So that's good. Uh, hopefully, you know, like we said earlier, hopefully they move on from. Uh, from someone in their lineup to give uh, Incarcion Strand. Actually, if I were the Reds, I wouldn't say Incarcion Strand is off limits in a trade, to be honest. I mean, he's great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I for fantasy, I want him, but he also feels like a DH. And it's like, how many DHs can you have? <laughs> you, can only, you can only have so many DHs on one team. So, I, but I think, you know, I. It, you know, if honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but going back to the trade, the trade rumor nonsense that we were talking about earlier, I would, if I were the Reds, I would send Incarcion Strand to the Mets for Scherzer or Verlander. That sounds great to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and if I'm the Mets, I would do that. I mean, you know, Vogelback is he. You should. They should have DFA'd Vogelback like you know two months ago. <laughs> I feel like I, uh, they got to pick up some of the money again. The Reds not exactly a, a spending team, so I think if the Mets pick up some of that contract money, that they they could get something like that done with you know CES or India or Steer. I feel like Ellie's one hundred percent off. Like they would not move him. He's oh yeah, no, already Ellie's no already Ellie's, untouchable. Ellie, Ellie is like their Tatis or Julio Rodriguez. Like that's their that's their. Keystone, linchpin, yeah. like, yeah, they're not moving. No. CS might be, like, number two or number three on that list, though. I mean, I feel like he's, yeah. for them, I feel like he's one of the other, the untouchables, whereas, like, they would move India, Fraley, Friedel, uh, maybe Steer. Steer's turned it around, so maybe they're they're changing their minds about him. Um, Sinzel, obviously, they, they would, wouldn't mind losing. They're basically not playing him at this point. So Senzel actually Senzel speaking of Senzel I saw this uh yesterday which I thought was kind of crazy. He's had 3 hits in July and all 3 are homers. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I still can't get playing time. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh anyway, moving on. Moving on to Jackson Wolf. He was called up by the Padres. Uh he went 5 innings in his in his start. Uh, he had three earned, no home runs. That's good. That's good. One walk, one strikeout. How interested are you in Jackson Wolf for the Padres, or are you at all? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, NL only, everyone, obviously, and NL or AL only, everyone is worthwhile. But, yeah, I'm not really interested in, I don't know. if Like, I'm assuming that the Padres are going to move on from uh, – you know, someone in their rotation. So I guess that would give, uh, you know, Wolf a little bit more of uh, a run in the rotation, but I'm not even sure he's necessarily in it right now. So yeah, I, I'm, a, I, 
I mean, he seems like he looks good. Like, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. At this point, like in 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 fairness to Wolf, like at this point in the in the year for for redraft leagues, at least, like it's like a rookie pitchers are you know a rookie pitcher or like a streamer. I mean, it's like you know in the beginning of the year. They're a lot more interesting to me because, you know, you could potentially get like a hundred innings out of them. But at this point, like Wolf, for instance, like I just don't see him really throwing much anymore. Like they should they should shut him down by mid to late August. So what are you going to get? Maybe three starts? I don't know. You know, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah, I will say on Wolf in, in particular, he went 130 last year. So he still has, you know, I mean, 50 innings just to get to where he was last year. So I don't think there's necessarily an innings limitation on him. I just yeah. don't know that he's mixed league worthy, really. Um, he has a 31% K rate in 17 starts this year in double A, he didn't go to triple A. They just they bumped him straight from double A. He also has like doesn't he have like an eighty nine mile yeah, per hour? That's what I was about to say. I don't know that you get a thirty one percent K rate on an eighty nine a sub ninety mile an hour fastball in the major leagues. I don't know how many guys have done that ever, honestly. Yeah. Like that's really really tough to do to maintain yeah. strike. He sounds like he sounds like velocity. a he sounds like a a six to seven K per nine guy, like a, like really, really like a, a streamer and barely NL only, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like at his best, he would be, I don't know, like a Strowman or a Kyle Hendricks type where it's like, maybe he yeah. has good ERA and you count the whip on being pretty solid. But outside of that, like what's, what, what's the upside on, on a guy like that? Right. I mean, Greg Maddox was the best slow pitcher of all time. The highest K rate he ever had was twenty three percent. So right. let's just let's just put that out there. Um, <laughs> Forrest Wall was called up by the Braves as they continue to just shuffle in and out of the rotation. He might have actually. I don't see a transaction for him being sent down, but I don't know they've they've guaranteed that he's he's staying up for very long. But this year in AAA, he had seventy eight games. Had six home runs, 45 stolen bases, Gray. He had 258, 360, 399. I don't know that he necessarily fits in as an everyday player, but if you're looking for that daily speed flyer, Forrest Wall might be in. He's a lefty, so he might get in you know, late in games and, and get to play for a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I 100% agree. There, I, I feel like most NL only, NAL only leagues are weekly leagues. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to play a forest wall. But if you're in a daily NL only league, like he's the kind of guy you put on your bench. And when he's actually starting, you just throw him in your lineup. Or if someone else is sitting and even if forest wall isn't starting, you put him in your lineup, hoping that he gets like a pinch run uh, steal or like just gets in a bat later in the game and gets a steal or two. Because, yeah, I mean, he's just a total Sagnoff guy. Yeah, and it's not like their outfield is going to rotate a lot. Acuna stays in every game. Rosario's a lefty, and, and Harris is a lefty. So there's really not a, a clear platoon situation for for him. But again, just speed for days. So if you're just looking to chase 
and sagging off your way towards stolen bases on a day, a short day like today, especially as we're recording on Monday, you could definitely throw him in there and see if he gets a chance. Um, I was talking about the rotation, and I was actually just mixing up my notes for our next guy, which is Alan Winans. Uh, he has actually already been optioned back down, but he came up, gave him four and a third, two earned, had five strikeouts, one walk. I, I don't know that he's he's coming back up or when he's coming back up, but he got sent back down, so that means he's at least down for like a couple weeks. If he comes back up, are you interested in him? Because the Braves still haven't really settled on a fifth member of this rotation. Or even, I mean, they picked yeah. up Yanni Chernos. No, you know what's like, funny, though? Because uh, this is, I mean, not funny, funny, but uh, 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 Alan Wa- uh, Wayans, is he the other Wayans brother? Wait, no. <laughs> Alan Wayans? I don't know. Whatever his name is. He... <laughs> I'm so dismissive. Whatever his name is. Uh, Alan Wyans um, is like terrible in the minors, then comes up and throws a great game. And then you have someone like Jackson Wolf, who's great in the minors. He comes up and throws a terrible game. <laughs> it's like, that's just, that is so Braves to have a guy who is like a career minor leaguer and then just bring him up and have him like have a, a great game. Like, you know, for, you know, I mean, he only threw four innings, but still the fact that he had five Ks and in four innings, I mean, he's not even a strikeout pitcher. <laughs> it's like the Braves, the Braves just in, invent like new Tehran's. Um, anyway, he's nothing. I, I, honestly, the Braves, especially the trade deadline around the corner, like the Braves could just trade for, you know, maybe the Braves trade for Stroman or Giolito. Like the Braves could trade for an arm. I don't, I don't think anything of uh, Alan Wayans. Yeah, I, I expect the Braves to be active and find themselves a fifth pitcher and maybe even a fourth pitcher as as they're coming here. I mean, Strider's obviously a great one, but where do you go after? And, and Elder's been great, but like you're going into a World Series run with a guy who's in his you know first real season and Bryce Elder as your number two. Seems like I don't know if the Mets and Braves would work on something. Because they are in their division, but that seems like an obvious kind of swap there, given the Braves' offense and, and what they can do. Um, Jonah Bride was recalled as Ryan Nota heads to the IL for the A's. I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot here with, with Jonah Bride, but in in AAA this year, uh, he had... Give me one second, sorry. He had 10 home runs, 4 stolen bases. He had 316, 432, 568. 15.5% K rate, 16% walk rate. So in a plate discipline guy, a little bit of power, but I think it's it's kind of a uh, an empty power, empty average type of situation here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. The, the, what should we call it? The A's are just so, like, they just kill any enthusiasm i have about anyone <laughs> they're just like so bad <laughs> even even guys who are like really interesting like our ruiz who's you know obviously injured but eh, i don't know i mean jonah bride i guess it, it, he 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 could hit for average you know in theory but i don't know i mean he's old he feels he feels really boring like ao only sure 
But in mixed leagues, I can't imagine. Like, unless he gets hot, then, you know, and anyone's available if they get hot. So, I mean, or anyone's interesting if they get hot. So, yeah, I mean, I guess potentially, like, you know, in deeper leagues, maybe, like, watch him because, you know, the A's could definitely be sellers. I mean, they're always sellers. So, you know, if they move on from, like, Seth Brown, because right now – Bride doesn't really have like a everyday job, so yeah, I don't know. He's kind of he's pretty boring though. Yeah, just just not a whole lot there for for our game's sake. So we can go ahead and move on. The uh, Dodgers called up Justin Bruel and Johnny DeLuca. Nothing really on Justin Bruel. He's he's a lefty lefty reliever. That's just as as Nick Robertson heads to the aisle. Jake Marisnik also heading to the aisle, which is why. Uh, DeLuca is getting the call up this year in AAA. DeLuca has four home runs, three stolen bases, was hitting 315, 375, 548 in, in 17 games at AAA. In AA, he had 32 games. He had 10 home runs, nine stolen bases, and was hitting 279, 380. A sub 20% K rate at both stops, a you know 8, 8.8 and a 9.9% walk rate, respectively. If DeLuca gets playing time, are you interested in him? Uh, yeah. If he hopefully he gets traded somewhere, but as of right now, I actually have DeLuca in my uh, in NL only league, and I'm not even starting him. Like he doesn't play enough. He's right now the Dodgers are playing him so rarely. Like they're playing him against lefties. So like occasionally he'll come in later in the game when a lefty uh, reliever's in, or like if a lefty starter, but. Yeah, uh, unless the Dodgers start playing him more, or he's traded to a team where he gets an everyday job, he, he doesn't. He doesn't have the at bats. Yeah, it's pretty much where you're at. I mean, daily only leagues or deep leagues, but you pretty much a short side of the platoon is is basically useless in most mixed leagues, and he doesn't have like crazy power or crazy speed, so I don't expect. Like that, either one to carry his value in this late in the season. You need somebody who does a little bit more than just kind of accumulate throughout the year. Uh, moving on, uh, Owen White was recalled by Texas or by the uh, Rangers. He joins the rotation at least temporarily. I think. I think it was just a spot start, and then he's going to the bullpen. Are you interested in Owen White if he can get into the rotation? I don't know that he actually is. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I mean, maybe if he gets in the rotation. But, you know, like I, Eovaldi, because Eovaldi is, uh, you know, getting skipped and his velocity was down. I don't know. Maybe Owen White. But it's like this is also another, like, trading deadline situation where – I'm assuming the Rangers are going to be buyers, so if they get someone, you know, Owen White's not going to have any sort of, like, you know, uh, path to uh, innings, really, other than out of the bullpen. Yeah, I'm not really that interested. I Even AO only, I mean, you stash him in an AO only to see if he gets in the rotation or if he gets, like, a spot start. But right now, I'm not interested in Owen White. Yeah, uh, pretty much same. There's there's just not a whole lot. And he, like I said, he may get a spot start, but that seems like all that he's going to be used for for the time being. Uh, Mark Fientos was recalled by the Mets. 
He's been up before, and it's been kind of sparse in regards to playing time. Are you interested in Vientos this time around? Yeah, I mean, the Mets really should, like, they, they should play these guys to see what they have. But, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Showalter is to blame a little bit there, uh, if not a little bit entirely, because, like, they just aren't, they aren't playing Vientos. Uh, and I don't know if that not necessarily uh, is a smart move, because we don't really know what we're going to get from Vientos at this point. Like, he looks like he can't, like make enough contact to be really interesting because like every time he's come up, he's sort of like struggled to make any sort of contact, even though he has great power. So, you know, he could potentially hit for like 25 to 30 homers over the course of a full season. But if he's not playing every day and he's not making contact, he's more or less useless in any mixed league at this point. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much where we're at. I do think that he has the power to play up at the league at, at the major league level, but as you said, he just hasn't made good contact. He's sitting <clears throat> at a twenty nine percent K rate for over nineteen games, fifty eight plate appearances, and they seem to be using him in a short side DH platoon, which is just there's not a whole lot for that. He qualifies at DH only in a number of leagues, so that also makes him. Pretty tough to roster, and unless you're just absolutely reaching in deeper leagues. Let's move over to some second-half hot starters, Gray. We're just at the start of it, but so far, Alex Kirilov in 56 games in the first half had four home runs. In eight games in the second half, by the way, I cut him in the All-Star break in a number of leagues to make room for people <laughs> who are producing. He's had now had four home runs. Oh my god, you were like the biggest uh, Kirilov. I love Alex Kirilov. I will always love Alex Kirilov. And this is what he does for me, Gray. I I dropped him. I finally was like, fine, you know what? He had four home runs in the first half. I don't need like four home runs and a half. Wow, it sounds like Alex Kirilov might be ungrateful to be done. (laughs) That's not cool. I, I don't appreciate it. Wow. Wow, it sounds like we have an ingrate. <laughs> it sounds like we have someone who does not appreciate B-Don like the rest of us. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Alex Kirilov's been hot. Good. I mean, good for Kirilov. Like, honestly, Kirilov is one of those guys where he should be a star. It's just a matter of, like, staying healthy, right? I mean, that's that's always been the thing with Kirilov. Like, the wrist injuries, and wrist injuries are, like, the worst for hitters, um, you know, said Mr. Obvious. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, like, wrist injuries repeatedly for Kirilov has really derailed his career. But if he can stay healthy, like, he's always been considered – like a future star. So yeah, I mean, maybe this is the breakout that we've all been hoping for. I, I hope so. I like Kirilov. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan if he can stay healthy. So yeah, I'm definitely like, I'm interested for sure. Like he's a guy I could see him potentially like, you know, uh, being a sleeper next year and going all in on him and and getting absolutely crushed when he hurts his wrist like in April. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I like him for right now, and I think he has, like, great potential. Yeah, he's – I think think for the rest of this season, I'll put him in, like, 
the Brian Reynolds category where I don't expect anything to be great necessarily, but he's just going to do everything really well. And that's that's kind of the player that Alex Kirloff is. But I, there's always been power there. If the wrist is finally healthy and he's timed it everything up, he could definitely exceed that. But that's that's where I'm sticking him for the time being. And, and that's even maybe a little high because we pretty much know what Brian Reynolds is. So there's just a predictability factor with him. Um, Austin Riley has five consecutive games with a home run. That's with six home runs total because he had two in the first game of that streak. Uh, I don't know if there's really anything to say because you're not adding him in any leagues, but I just felt like that kind of performance needed to be mentioned here, Gray. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. It's good to see Austin Riley, I think, hitting again like we all expect. I, uh, I would say, I mean, he's going to be... Like his, I, I, I've said this before. I, I remember saying this a bunch in the preseason. Like I, I feel like there's, there's a set ADP for everyone, and uh, like everyone, like it, uh, until like a guy ages out of that ADP, or if they get injured badly enough, where it like their ADP falls, like a, a Bellinger, um, or uh, you know, like anyway, Riley, I think is like he's a fifteenth overall pick to about thirtieth overall, and like in his prime of his career, that is, and he's gonna be he's gonna like be somewhere in that fifteen to thirty range, I think, for quite a few years, and I I wouldn't be surprised like he could bounce back in the second half, but it looked like he was gonna be on the on the bottom range of that going into next year. Because he was, you know, struggling a bit early uh, in the uh, sec in the first half. So, you know, if he comes on, I, I think, you know, he's probably going to end up being around like an a a, a a second round pick once again, like a a middle second, fifteen to twenty five overall kind of pick. I and I I think that's just his skill set. I think he is a thirty five homer. 275 280 guy in a in the middle of a great lineup so he's going to get runs and RBIs it's just you know ebbs and flows and right now he's flowing baby yeah <laughs> yeah even with kind of his uh his less than ideal start which he's he's just kind of sat in that like 250 260 range and not really ever gotten super super hot but right now he is still number 1 third baseman on the player radar do you think it's like next year going into drafts? It's you know him, Jose Ramirez will be kind of in that group again. I feel like um, Bobby Witt and Endeavors. Out of those four, is Austin Riley going to sit at the top of your third base rankings likely, or are you going to go with kind of the power speed with uh, uh, Jose Ramirez, Bobby Witt? Uh, if I had to guess right now, I think it would probably be Jose Ramirez. Bobby Witt, Austin Riley, then Devers. Probably. Yeah, but, just kind of for the uniqueness but, of the but skill I sets. Think the, I think the two potential flip-flops are the middle two with uh, Witt and Riley. It, it could be Ramirez, Riley, Witt, Devers, but I think Ramirez and Devers are definitely one and four. Okay, fair enough. Let's move over to uh, Nick Pavetta, who I'm just going to ask you, what – what the hell are we supposed to do with Nick Pavetta, Gray? He's coming in after an opener, so the wind's not like necessarily 
guaranteed in a starter type of role. Came in to pitch one inning of relief on Saturday rather than getting his start on Sunday. So they don't, we don't even know when he's going to be starting. Like, what are we? What are you doing with Nick Pavetta or just like the guys who come in post opener? We we've now been you know a number of years into this, and these guys are really hard to evaluate for our game. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking this the other day with the uh, like what should we call it? Um, <laughs> the uh, was it the Angels? No, Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. They uh, they started the game with uh, Jose Ruiz Ruiz Jose Ruiz um, the Diamondbacks started the game with him, and I believe he gave up like three earned or something in like an inning and a half, an inning and a third or whatever, um, and then he was taken out of the game. And I was thinking like it doesn't help like your team to have a terrible reliever start the game. Like that doesn't, that doesn't help you. Like I, like I know that they're trying to shorten the games for the starters. So like have the starter, like have, if you have a good starter, have the starter start the game and only go four innings and then figure out, like see where you're at, like in the fifth inning instead, like you have teams like, you know, looking at I think the Rays model of uh, using a starter and, or an opener or whatever, and having uh, like a situation where you're throwing a terrible opener, and you're just putting your team in a hole. It's like, what's the difference? <laughs> like, what you, like that isn't the point of using an opener. Like, it's not like let's use an opener, put ourselves down three runs, and then bring in the starter. Like, that doesn't help anyone. It's so dumb. I don't know. I mean, pe- <laughs> people are stupid. <laughs> anyway, back to your uh, question about Pavetta. He looks great in relief. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, he I don't can't start the game, it. though. I don't understand why he would look so good in relief. But, man, he looks good in relief. Like, his reliever numbers are off the charts. <laughs> like, him as a, a reliever so far, he has like a 13 – it was a 12, 12 something, 12 K per nine. Oh, 13, a 13 K per nine, a 13.3 K per nine as a reliever versus a 9.5 as a starter. His walks are way down as a reliever. Like his reliever numbers are like off the charts. Good. He has like 2.25 ERA as a reliever versus a 6.3 ERA as a starter in essentially the same amount of innings as a starter versus a reliever. So it's like, damn. I mean, he's notably better as a reliever. I don't understand why that would be. I mean, I don't don't know. Maybe maybe he's just better – with more time in the pen to warm up? I don't even know. I don't – honestly, because then as a starter, you would have so much time. Maybe he's better with less time. I don't know. I don't – honestly, I have no idea. It's super puzzling. But you know what? If anyone's going to puzzle us, Nick Pavetta will be the one to puzzle you. <laughs> <laughs> he's been puzzling for years. So the fact that he's still puzzling, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense that he's the one – Who's really just like crazy numbers of, for a reliever versus a starter? I don't know. I don't get it. But 
I would actually, I would pick them up and use them if I had room. And, uh, you know, just because of that last uh, relief appearance that he had, I, off of that, off of the strength of that alone, I would use them for a, uh, you know, for a little while to see how he does. Because, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a, a, uh, a high K per nine uh, reliever on your team. Yeah, even in his weird mixed role, over the last 30 days, Grace, he's number 10 on the pitching player rater. So, I mean, it's been worthwhile just to sit him in your lineup and let him go, regardless of his role. And you don't really pull him out. He's one of those, He's one of those. if you're swapping starters in and out, you leave him in because he may come in and be a reliever. But the numbers have been amazing as a reliever, as, you've, as you mentioned. So why not go ahead and roll him out? Number 13 on the last 30-day player rater for pitching is Andrew Abbott. He just went eight innings of, of nowhere and run ball gray. And he's been great since he came up. He has a 2-1-0 ERA. He has an 0-9-2 whip, a 27% K rate. I mean, where are you at on Andrew Abbott? Are you a believer? Is this just kind of he's he's hot to start his MLB career and that's, that's all it is? Where are you at on, on Andrew Abbott? Uh, I, I, you know, with Andrew Abbott, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of like, uh, Spencer Strider and, uh, other guys who'd like, like, it's like pitching prospects are just impossible to guess at. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. Like for so like Strider, I think of Strider because like no one thought Strider was going to be that good. And as we see, you know, like almost two years later, like Strider's like, one of the best pitchers in baseball and everyone expected Strider to have like, you know, everyone was like, Oh, Strider is like a, a two pitch pitcher. He can't like, uh, you know, he can't succeed in the majors. Now Abbott isn't a two pitch pitcher, but people were really concerned about like Abbott and his command. Like they didn't think he'd be able to like, uh, like his command was so wonky. And in that park, like if you're wild in the zone and you give up runs, it's not good. Like if your if your command's bad, like if your command's bad, the assumption, especially in Cincy, the assumption would be okay. You're going to put guys on with walks, and then you're going to give up home runs. That's not good. So you know it was really like I was pretty cold on Andrew Abbott. Like I didn't want anything to do with him. Like I really yeah. thought he would like just crush people. But yeah, he's been really good. <laughs> he's been great. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I, I mean, his stuff doesn't seem that good. Like I don't. Know, it's okay. Like he's got like a ninety-three mile per hour fastball, and like there's definitely like the uh, the curveball is excellent. So I mean, there's there's stuff there. I could, I would have guessed he would have got hit hard. So I don't know. I mean, at this point. I mean, he's obviously a pickup, and you know he should be owned in every league at this point for sure, as he's pitching so well on a good team, no less. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I was wrong on him as of right now. I I totally did not see this coming. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I you know rookie pitcher going into that stadium, not really a great mix typically, but he has he has performed great. So for right now, yeah, you got to roll him out. We'll address where he fits in amongst starters for next year. And when we get to that point, 
Um, AJ Puck received the dreaded vote of confidence, as we kind of mentioned earlier. I, I still feel like he's he's going to be in the job until you know he he just proves he can't have have it anymore. Yeah, that, I think that's the uh, the assumption right now. Um, I don't know. Tanner, Tanner Scott has been decent though, so we'll see. But I would say AJ Puck is the closer uh, until further notice. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, as much as I typically say the, the vote of confidence means terrible things, I think in this case it it is kind of a realistic vote of confidence. And for now, they're going to let him keep trotting out there and, and taking his run at it. Uh, they really, there's not a whole lot else. Uh, Jason Foley got the save Thursday for Detroit. We already kind of talked about Lang and his potential uh, of moving. I guess it's Jason Foley if we're we're asking who gets the next opportunity, though. Yeah, I think I think Jason Foley. By this time next week, I think Jason Foley is the closer in Detroit. I don't know if that's necessarily going to mean a lot of saves because Detroit's not going to win a lot of games, but I think Jason Foley is going to be the closer. Yeah, I think that's eventually what will happen there as well. Let's talk about some pickups, Grant, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, okay, so uh, looking at the uh, seven-day player raider, um, courtesy of Razball.com, <laughs> uh, we have uh, Alex Kirloff has been crazy hot and available in a lot of leagues. Uh, Tristan Casas has been hot as well and available in some leagues. C.J. Abrams has had a great second half so far, really been good and available in some leagues. Uh, Kbert Ruiz, Chaz McCormick, Edward, Eddie Julian. Uh, has been really good and available. And Wilmer Flores has been good and available. And Taylor Ward. Uh, then we have Will Benson, Max Kepler, J.J. Blade, and Spencer Torkelson. Hot and available. What you got there, B-Don? <laughs> uh, Clark Schmidt at Baltimore. Um, I'm okay with that one. Ryan Nelson versus St. Louis. You know, if you look at kind of if you're using last 30 days or last 15, 14 days or whatever, Ryan Nelson's numbers are going to look kind of kind of bad. That's one bad outing. He's actually been really solid outside of that one bad outing. And I'm not really scared of versus St. Louis right now. Uh, Jamison Tyon, same thing at St. Louis. Uh, Johnny Cueto has made his return and he's going versus Detroit. He hasn't gone, I think, more than four and a third innings, but they've been pretty solid. You know, a few inning starts there versus Detroit, not scary. Austin Gomber gets a two-star week at Washington versus Oakland. Then Chase Silseth in deeper leagues at Detroit is another possible option. So there's some streaming options for you. As always, if you have specific questions, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at RazBeatOn. Gray is the owner of the at RazBall account. Find us in the comment sections, whether that is on Razball.com or whether that is on YouTube.com slash RazballFantasy, where you can subscribe to our podcast, rate, review, wherever you're listening or watching us. We are starting up the football side, so if you want to go ahead and subscribe to the football Razball videos, those are on there as well. Gray, until next time, I'll talk to you later. All right, lates. Nice. Alright, cool bro. Uh it was a good show. Had yeah. fun. Yeah, it was a good one. Just kind of free flowed for a little bit there. 
Yeah, it was nice. I'm sure by next week we're going to have so many trades to talk about, probably. <laughs> I hope. I hope we get a, a, just a, a ton of trades. I can't remember the last time all these rumors actually turned into a ton of trades. I I probably I would guess none of those trades we just talked about happened. <laughs> none of them. The Cubs are like some hanging on to everybody. Actually, some of them probably won't happen by tomorrow when the show goes live. <laughs> Marcus Stroman will get traded to like the Padres, where we've said Marcus Stroman for every other team except the Padres, <laughs> except for the team he's going to end up on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool, B. Don. I'll talk to you. All right, see ya. All right, later, bro.